You are listening to NFT Talk Show, where we put the T in NFT. I am your host, Tony Payne, and if you have ever wanted to know anything and everything, including all the juicy deeds about NFTs, you are in the right place. So buckle up, get ready, and let's go. Welcome to another episode of NFT Talk Show. I am Tony Payne. This episode is a very, very good episode for everyone who is into NFTs to listen to. We have been getting, oh my goodness, so many requests. When are you going to do NFTs and taxes? What about taxes? How about, how am I going to pay my taxes? Do I even need to pay taxes? Are we all going to jail? (laughs) So yes, I had to go look for one of the best NFTs tax specialists out there to bring on the show today to talk to all of you because you know what? Nothing but the best for my listeners. Yes. So in today's episode, we are going to be talking NFTs and taxes and every single question that you have sent me, every single question that you have had. And with me today on the show, I have Kate with Taxes with Kate. They are your dedicated crypto and NFT specialist. So they do specialize in NFT and crypto taxes. So this is like the niche, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I'm happy to have her on the show because I know that we're going to be learning a whole lot today. I'm going to be learning a whole lot because like everyone says, we don't want to go to jail. (laughs) So welcome. Welcome, Kate. Thank you for coming on the show. I know you're a busy human and just, I really appreciate you taking the time out to come on the show. How are you? Hey, Tony, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for bringing me on. It's uh, really a pleasure. And Getting to connect with the NFT community is probably my favorite part about my job. And so it's it's a pleasure and really looking forward to the chat. I know you are like very popular in the NFT community because everybody kind of runs to you. <laughs> like, hey, and tax season is approaching. So I can imagine how bombarded you have been. So I really do appreciate um, this time that you're giving to my listeners to learn about taxes and just, you know, staying safe and protecting themselves and not getting in trouble with the law. (laughs) Well, and I mean, kudos right back to you for offering this information and recognizing how important it is to bring to the community. So right back at you. And uh, yeah, we'll definitely get some great information out today for all the listeners. So hopefully you walk away with a better understanding and some more confidence about how to approach taxes if you're in the NFT space. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know you're um, obviously a CPA um, and you specialize in crypto and NFTs and Web3. What was the inspiration? You know, I know NFTs are pretty new. You're like ahead of the game here. What made you say, you know what, I want to specialize in NFTs and crypto? Oh, thanks. I mean, you know, anyone listening to this, is ahead of the game, I think. You know, I may be a little bit further ahead of the game, professionally speaking. You know, there mm-hmm. aren't very many CPAs who have decided to specialize in this area, but I sort of felt late to the game, actually, because I had only 
taken crypto investing more seriously uh, mid-2021, I would say it was April or May that I um, sort of pulled down the Bitcoin rabbit hole that quickly mm-hmm. became um, you know, an interest in many other different cryptocurrencies. And so I recognized personally that it was an area of interest and that I was going to focus a lot more on my personal investing and time in that space. And uh, it didn't take long for me to discover NFTs and fall down the NFT rabbit hole. So um, <laughs> it was cryptocurrency at first and then NFTs. But um, the NFT community is what really pushed me to make this a profession as well, because it was, you know, really just an area of personal interest for me, just like it is for everyone else collecting mm-hmm. NFTs. And, um, and I just loved that the NFT community was so open and welcoming to me initially as a collector. And I felt like if I wanted to try to do this and be an entrepreneur and pursue this professionally, that maybe the community would be equally receptive to me in that capacity. And it's been wonderful. So, um, really grateful that I get to do something that I'm really interested in professionally and also, you know, spend all of my personal time researching NFTs as well. So it's best of both worlds. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, and we need you. (laughs) I know, I know I do. And my listeners do and darn it, everybody trading NFTs, we will need a CPA or at least some knowledge, um, you know, to, to scale, um, NFTs and taxes because NFTs are still pretty new and a lot of people this will be their first year even considering paying taxes on NFTs so um, I think we're going to be sharing a, you're going to be sharing a wealth of information and I, I will be learning um, along with everybody else so my first question <laughs> my first question is um, if you buy an NFT do you have to pay taxes on that NFT if you do not sell the NFT and if you do sell the NFT. Perfect. Yeah, this is a great place to start because I think for most people, at least in, in 2021, even if you haven't done much else, you know, down the Web3 rabbit hole, if you've purchased an NFT, this situation applies to a lot of people. So mm-hmm. there, there are two different ways that you can purchase an NFT. The, the main way is through purchasing cryptocurrency and then using cryptocurrency to buy an NFT. Mm-hmm. There are alternative ways. There are a couple of platforms that exist now where you can actually buy an NFT with a credit card. Okay. And I almost didn't believe it. So I, I tried it once actually on Nifty Gateway. Um, and there are a few other platforms that are emerging for that um, to be possible. So if you buy an NFT using fiat, so a credit card like on Nifty Gateway, that's not a taxable event. But if you buy an NFT using cryptocurrency, then you will have capital gains tax implications on the purchase of the NFT because you're using cryptocurrency to make that purchase. And so the hmm. tax is actually, the tax is actually on the capital gain on the underlying cryptocurrency that you've used to make the purchase. Happy to dive into more detail on that, um, if you like, but just to clarify. Yes, of course. Yeah. So purchasing an NFT is taxable if you're using crypto. If you're not, if you're using fiat, then you have no taxable implications to worry about yet until you sell the NFT later. That is actually quite interesting. I never knew that. So for those who do not know, what is capital gains? Oh, great question. Yeah. So capital gains essentially is a tax on the, the value increase and profit that you make when you sell an asset that you've held for a period of time. So for example, if I buy one ETH 
today, and mm-hmm. we'll just for for simplicity's sake say that ETH is valued at three thousand US dollars. So I use fiat. I buy one ETH, and now I'm holding this one ETH, and decide that I'd like to buy an NFT. And so maybe it takes me a week or two to find the right NFT, but eventually I decide that this is the right NFT for me, and I spend my one ETH to mm-hmm. buy an NFT. But in the period of time since I originally acquired that one ETH to the time that I'm spending the ETH, ETH has changed and gone up in value. So let's mm-hmm. say ETH is now, we'll say ETH is now worth $3,100. When I spend that ETH to buy the NFT, the IRS actually considers that a simultaneous disposal of ETH and purchase of an NFT. And so because I'm quote unquote disposing of my ETH and the value has increased, I have a $100 capital gain that I'm realizing. So that's what a capital gain is. It's essentially a value increase. And it's only taxable when you're disposing or exchanging that asset for a different asset. So crypto for NFT in this case. So what if the value of the ETH decreased? This is also very common in crypto. So the all of the cryptocurrencies are so volatile that it's equally likely, perhaps, that you have a, a capital loss on the on this, the same transaction. And so, if the original ETH that we purchased for three thousand dollars has gone down to twenty nine hundred dollars in value mm-hmm. on the day that we buy the NFT, we'll have a one hundred dollar capital loss. And so, that's not going to trigger you to owe any tax, but the capital loss can be used to offset future capital gains that you might incur. So the capital loss benefits you from a tax perspective. Okay. Um, before we continue, just one quick question. This is unrelated. Do you have um, roosters? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm so sorry. So I'm actually on, I'm on vacation in Florida right now. Okay. Well, not, not really vacation, kind of just here to, to work and, um, be in Florida for a little while, get out of the cold in New York. And I'm at a coffee shop, which I thought would be a great place to chat with you and do this podcast interview. Okay. And unbeknownst to, unbeknownst to me, the coffee shop has a farm in the backyard. Oh, God. <laughs> so there are, there are roosters in the back of the coffee shop. So we have company on our, on our call today. Oh well, I was like, wait a minute. I, I thought it was I thought it was me. I was like, am I here roosters or not? <laughs> yep, you you are. You are. You're not going crazy. And you know what? It, they're actually quite cute. I'm, I'm actually enjoying despite <laughs> them being so loud. I'm actually enjoying the the added bonus of roosters along with my coffee this morning. Wow. <laughs> All right. Um <laughs> All right, let's continue. Um where do we start? I, I want to laugh so bad. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So um, my next question is, well, thank you for answering that in detail um, because it, it, it gets a little tricky because, you know, we know crypto is volatile and it can go up and it can go down. Um, so just to clarify, let's say I buy ETH for $1,000 for one ETH, right? And ETH drops to $500 for one ETH. And at the point when that ETH drops for $500, I buy an NFT. That means I don't have capital gains tax to pay. Am I correct? Exactly. So that means that you actually have a capital loss, which is great. Because 
your capital losses throughout the year are used to offset any capital gains that you incur. So mm -hmm. that $500 capital loss can, <clears throat> can offset future capital gains for you so that you don't end up owing any capital gains tax in the future, potentially. Got it. Okay. So that makes sense now wh why a lot of people say when ETH goes down, NFTs go up. That actually now, now it makes sense to me because I've always wondered, okay, why does NFTs go up? Because when ETH goes down, that's more incentive to buy NFTs. Am I correct? Exactly. That's why you'll hear a lot of people say that NFTs are on sale because if the value of ETH decreases, then you're essentially buying NFTs with cheaper ETH and you're able to incur capital losses at the same time. At so it's same. a great, right. Wow. So it's a, it's a great discount for anybody looking to, did you hear that everyone? So when ETH is down, rush to everyday Africa collection by Tony Payne and buy, 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 buy now. <laughs> yes, girl. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to start telling everyone that now, like anytime I see ETH go a little bit down, I'm like, Oh, go buy, go buy my NFTs. <laughs> Because you won't Absolutely. have capital gains taxes. <laughs> oh, that is exactly. that is actually quite interesting. See, I'm I am totally learning. So here's the thing. So pretty much what you're being taxed on is the because you said there's a difference. If you're buying NFTs um, with a credit card, you don't get the capital gains tax. And if you're buying with um, ETH or um, crypto, you get the capital gains tax. If you're buying, you know, without at not at a loss. So pretty much what you're being taxed on is the crypto or is, am I correct? Right. So in the, in the case of purchasing an NFT, mm -hmm. what you're actually being taxed on for capital gains purposes is any capital gain on the underlying crypto that you're using to make the NFT purchase. Mm -hmm. But then if you, so if you were to sell an NFT though, that you previously purchased mm -hmm. when you later, when you later sell the NFT, you'll have capital gain or loss on that NFT sale as well. So, okay. Okay. So if you wait, let's recap that for a second. If you sell the NFT, then you'll have either capital gain or loss. Exactly. So capital gains will apply to the sale of the NFT as well. So if you buy an NFT with one ETH, mm -hmm. your, um, your cost basis in that NFT is one ETH. So essentially your purchase price becomes the basis for calculating any future capital gain or loss if you were to resell the NFT. Okay. And so if I buy one of your NFTs, Tony, for one ETH, yeah. and then I, and then I hold it and then I'm watching and I see the floor price go up to two ETH and then I decide I'm going to sell the NFT and take a one ETH profit. Mm -hmm. If I if I sell the NFT for two ETH that I previously purchased for one ETH, I'll be realizing a one ETH capital gain. And that's what's taxable to me on the sale of an NFT. Okay, so let me do more complicated math here. Let's say I buy ETH for $1,000, right? For one ETH. And then I buy the NFT. It goes, then ETH goes down. And then I buy the NFT for one ETH at $500, right? And right. then um, it goes up, the NFT goes up to 2 ETH, and ETH is still at $500. And technically, that's still, when you look at the math, that's still one, I mean, that's still $1,000 for 2 ETH. So am I even, or how does that work? 
actually, this is a really interesting point because if you follow the sort of timeline of how um, people acquire an NFT portfolio, there's often a lot of these different types of transactions happening um, over the course of a year. And that's for tax purposes, what makes my job fun is looking at the entire year's <laughs> worth of transactions like this and trying to ultimately determine what the total capital gain or loss is. And so in this scenario, they're treated as two separate transactions for tax mm-hmm. purposes. So the purchase of one ETH for $1,000 is not a taxable event. Then ETH decreases in value to $500 and you buy an NFT with that one ETH. So you have a capital loss that you're realizing there of Mm -hmm. $500. And then if you use that one ETH to buy an NFT, even though the value of ETH is still at $500, Mm -hmm. you're not, you're not realizing, um, you've realized the capital loss. You've acquired the NFT and then you sell an NFT now for two ETH. You still have a capital gain because you gained one more ETH in profit. Does that make sense? Even if the value of ETH hasn't changed, you still acquired one additional ETH by reselling that NFT. Okay. So whatever, so whatever the USD equivalent value of that one ETH that you gained in profit is, that will be your capital gain amount. And that's the amount that's ultimately taxable to you. Wow. <laughs> At this point, I'm like, everybody just hire a CPA. <laughs> Trying to figure it out on your own might be hard. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it, you know, there are instances where you might not need a CPA. If you're someone that has, you know, between 10 and 50 transactions for the year, you can mm-hmm. probably track all of your transactions manually and you might not need a CPA to jump in and help you with the calculations. But certainly if you're someone that has, you know, over 50, maybe a thousand transactions throughout the year, then I, I definitely would recommend working with an accountant just to make sure you're not overpaying in taxes, you know, because it, yeah. it would be a shame to, overpaying taxes when, you know, you could be using that money to further, you know, your NFT collection or your crypto portfolio. Exactly. So, um, I know with, well, you know, I'm going to jump to that question after I was going to talk about, you know, business expenses, what could be considered a business expense in NFTs, but we'll jump to that later. So the next question I have is I'm an NFT trader, right? Well, I'm not an NFT trader. Let's assume I am or an artist that sells NFTs or I'm somebody that buys and sells NFTs. Um, if I'm filing my taxes, what do I file as? Do I file as a sole proprietor? Do I, cause there's no W2 anywhere. There's no W9 anywhere. What do right. I, what forms do I use and what do I file as? Yeah. So you're, if you are buying and selling NFTs, um, and exchanging crypto throughout the year, mm-hmm. you're going to report your capital gain and loss <clears throat> transactions on what's called Form 8949 on your individual tax return. So you're correct that you're not going to get um, a nice clean 1099 form that you may be used to getting if you're invest if you've invested in the stock market in the past. For example, mm-hmm. a lot of those platforms like Robinhood will send you a nice clean. 1099 tax form that you can include in your uh, in your tax return, but the crypto exchanges actually aren't able to issue us those clean tax forms just due to the nature of the fact that um, with crypto transactions, if you use a given exchange like Coinbase, for example, Coinbase is only ever going to have one side of 
some of your transactions. If you have transactions that occur outside of the Coinbase exchange, mm-hmm. they have no, they don't have a way to track your cost basis in any of your other transactions. And so without the complete picture of the information, they're not able to issue you a 1099 tax form. And so that's why it, the responsibility falls on us as the taxpayers to work with an accountant or track the information manually so we can accurately report the capital gain loss activity mm-hmm. uh, on your tax return. But so you're right, there won't be a W-2 or a 1099, unfortunately, unless you're employed by a company that pays you in crypto. That would be a scenario where you would be issued a W-2 like a normal uh, employed employer would. So would you be filing as like just an individual or because, um, you know, there are different um, self sole proprietor, I mean, obviously you're not a business. So what class, what, how would you classify yourself? Well, it depends. So if you do have a business, for example, if you're an NFT creator and you've created a collection and you've made some NFT sales and you are um, operating as a sole proprietor, then you would file schedule C, which is the tax form that's included on your personal tax return. That mm-hmm. um, is where you report all of your income and expenses related to a self-employed business. Um, so if that's, if that's you, that might apply to you, Tony, actually. So if that's you, then you'll file Schedule C. But mm-hmm. if you're just someone that is buying cryptocurrency and selling NFTs, then um, you'll only have capital gains implications to report on your tax return. Got so, it. So you won't need to file um, Schedule C or any forms related to owning a business at that point. So you would only need to file that. Um, what was the name of the form you mentioned again? Um, the capital gains are reported on form 8949. 8949. So you're hearing that all 8949. Okay. So, <laughs> um, so if I am deep into NFT trading, is it better to form an LLC or some sort of um, entity to do my NFT trading business with, or it doesn't matter? Well, it depends on how how serious you want to take your business, right? So mm-hmm. in most in most cases, the answer is overwhelmingly yes, that you should have a, a formal business entity like an LLC if this uh-huh. is something that you intend on pursuing, you know, into the future. Uh, and an LLC is great because it gives you liability protection and also tax flexibility. But if you're someone that, you know, is maybe you've created a couple of pieces and you're sort of testing the waters. You're not sure if this is something that you want to pursue long-term. Um, maybe this is a hobby that you've had. It's okay to, you know, create some pieces, sell some artwork, uh, and not have a formal business entity structure yet. That's perfectly fine. But mm-hmm. I think my recommendation is always, if you intend on maintaining this business and pursuing it, you know, long-term, it's always best to have the LLC for mm-hmm. that liability for the liability protection and the tax flexibility and the cost to um, have an LLC as a business entity is very minimal. It's a couple hundred dollars and takes maybe a couple hours of your time to complete the paperwork. And so it's a very low, low cost for the benefit that you get. So mm-hmm. that would be certainly my recommendation. Yep. Got it. That is awesome. Um, so because the price of um, crypto, just kind of want to circle back again for clarification, because the price of crypto drops and rises, um, how do you calculate the value um, in fiat? Let's say you sell an NFT at 
um, one ETH and one um, and at one ETH, right? And the value of that sale at that particular point is one thousand two hundred dollars, right? Um, how do you have to write that down somewhere to you know remember that? Oh, I sold it at one ETH and one ETH was one thousand two hundred dollars. Or is it the value of ETH at the point when you're filing your taxes that you use? Yeah, that's a really great, great point. If, if you're speaking from the perspective of like an NFT creator, so you've mm-hmm. created some pieces and, you, and you're selling your NFTs, uh, this is a really important distinction to note. And so when you're reporting your income from NFT sales, mm-hmm. the IRS is only concerned with what the fiat equivalent value is of the ETH that you're generating as income from your sales. And so if today I sell an NFT for one ETH, I'll make a, I'll record the value of one ETH on today's date in US dollars. And then Mm -hmm. that, that US dollar value is the amount that I'll start to total up for my business income for the year. So it's important to know that as you are accumulating sales in real time, it's important to record the USD equivalent value of the ETH that you're receiving or any other crypto, not wait until the end of the year and say, okay, I made a total of 10 ETH in sales this year and then take the value of ETH on that date. You want the date, you want the value of ETH in real time as you are earning the income from sales. And let's say you, what if you haven't been keeping up? How do you go back and figure that out? I think this probably applies to to most of us, Tony. Right? That we sort of uh, we sort of yes, especially, me too. <laughs> uh, especially in Web three. I mean, the the space moves so quickly. I think mm-hmm. most people are just focusing on the next way to grow and, and progress their business, and so often the record keeping falls to the wayside. Um, but the good news is that the beauty of the blockchain is that the information is always there for us to to pull later. So. Um, if you haven't been manually recording your sales data, don't don't sweat it. You can pull the Etherscan data or data from whatever protocol that you've been transacting on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, we have tax calculation software that can pull the USD equivalent values of ETH or any other cr- cryptocurrency on those various states that you would have had sales. So not to worry. That's one one plus about blockchain technology that we can always rely on. So Etherscan records the amount in um, fiat at the point of sale as well. It, so Etherscan will have the value of ETH in U.S. dollars at all times. So, you, so your <clears throat> your sale, if it was you know one ETH that you received into your wallet mm-hmm. today at today at noon, Etherscan will also note the value of ETH at that moment of transaction occurred. Okay. Some some blockchain data won't necessarily have that fiat um, equivalent value embedded in in the data that you're able to export, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Um, all we really need to know is the date and the time and the amount of ETH, and then we can. Oh use yeah, that. that's true. And then we yeah, and then we can look at the market data um, for ETH or any other crypto. Um, on those dates and then pull all the fiat equivalent values to then pull your total taxable income from the business for the year. Beautiful. Got it. So another thing you also have to take in, keep in consideration is how much did you buy the ETH, right? So you know if you're making capital gains or not, right? 
Right. So capital gains still do apply if we're talking still in the context of an NFT creator. So Mm -hmm. for example, like Tony, if you sell a project and Mm -hmm. you earn 10 ETH from those sales, say you, you release 10 items, you, you sell them all in one day, you get 10 ETH in sales revenue. And we'll just say for simplicity's sake that ETH is valued at a thousand US dollars on the day that you, um, that you make those sales. So now you've got 10 ETH in your wallet and you've recorded $10,000 of income from your business, which is great. Mm -hmm. But then you might keep that ETH and then use it later to purchase something else, an NFT, or you might exchange it for fiat later down the road if you decide, you know, you want some liquidity. And so you'll also have capital gains implications to think about. If later, when you exchange that ETH for fiat or use that ETH to buy another NFT or make another purchase, for example, if the value of ETH has gone up, you'll have capital gains implications to think about as well. So it's kind of a double tax scenario, actually, which is kind of, which is kind of frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Some really good point to bring up. Hello. Oh, I'm still here. Okay, I didn't hear you. Um, you cut out for a second. Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, just it's a sort of a frustrating double tax scenario with with a business because you'll be taxed on the on the sales revenue from your project, and mm-hmm. then also have capital gains implications down the road if you decide to convert that crypto, you know, to fiat or use it for another purchase, like buying an NFT. So two types of tax implications to be mindful of if you're an NFT creator. So is it better to just buy NFTs with a credit card? Well, it depends. I mean, you, you certainly um, avoid concerns about capital gains on the purchases of an NFT. Mm -hmm. It's, it's up to you though. I mean, if you have, um, if you've got crypto that you purchased, for example, and it's gone down in value, like we discussed, you might mm-hmm. actually be, it might be more beneficial to you to buy an NFT using that crypto and realize capital losses at, okay. on the purchase. So it really depends on the scenario. Um, in terms of the actual tax implications for the NFT later down the road, it doesn't change any of your capital gains implications on the NFT itself when you later resell it. So you'll still have a cost basis um, if whether or not you purchase the NFT with fiat or with crypto. So it really just depends on your circumstances. But in mm-hmm. general, um, in general, there's not really a difference um, from a tax perspective. So um, it's just nice to have have an alternative option now to be able to use fiat to buy NFTs. So it will allow more, more people access to the space for sure. Got it. A beautiful answer. Um, like I said, I am <laughs> I'm like learning a whole lot. This is one episode that even I am going to listen to probably 50 times. <laughs> All right. So um, my next question is, what are the tax rates for um, capital gains and um, NFTs? Because I've, I've heard numbers being bounced around and I've mm-hmm. heard 30%. I've heard 40%. So what are the actual um, rates that one has to pay for capital gains taxes? Great question. This is actually also probably the, the most common question we get asked is how much how much should I set aside for mm-hmm. taxes? Um, and so this is really important to understand as well. So with respect to capital gains, there's two buckets. We've got short-term capital gains and long-term capital gains. 
Mm-hmm. Most most people in this space, most of our transactions will fall into short-term capital gains buckets because short-term capital gains apply to any transaction that's occurred within a 12-month window. So, for example, okay. I buy I buy ETH and then I later sell it or exchange it for an NFT or swap for fiat. If, if um, the buy and the sell occur within a 12-month window, mm-hmm. then we've got, we've got short-term capital gains. But if I buy ETH and then I hold it for at least 12 months in one day, so hold it for a year, and then I use it to buy an NFT or exchange it, then I'll be in the long-term capital gains bucket. Okay. Long-term. Most people... Yeah, most people will be dealing with short-term capital gains, which um, which is less favorable from a tax perspective. So long-term capital gains rates are less, generally speaking, than short-term capital gains rates. Okay. Long-term cap- we'll talk about long-term capital gains first because they're fixed tax rates. Okay. Um, so long-term capital gains rates are either 0%, 15%, or 20%. Okay. And, and those are fixed rates. So you'll know which long-term capital gains rate to pay based on what your overall income tax bracket is. Got so it. if so yeah, I don't have the chart memorized exactly, but essentially if you are someone who earns I think it's less than $40,000 a year US, mm-hmm. you'll be you'll be in that 0% long-term capital gains bucket. Mm-hmm. Um and then there's a threshold for sort of um middle-class earners, that'll be that 15% window. And then if your income is above a certain threshold, you'll be in that 20% long-term capital gains rate. Okay. So, short, so short-term capital gains, all short-term capital gains are taxed at your ordinary income tax rate, which is often double typically what your otherwise long-term capital gains rate equivalent would be. Mm-hmm. And so short-term capital gains, unfortunately, which probably applies to everyone listening, myself included, mm-hmm. short-term capital gains tax rates are the same as your ordinary income tax rates for federal and state income tax. And so for most people, combining their federal and state income tax rates will put you at a ballpark of like 30%. And that's why you'll hear a lot of people throwing around the recommendation to sort of earmark about 30% for taxes if you're talking about short-term capital gains transactions, which are the transaction types that apply to most people. So generally speaking, it will be different for everyone though, depending on what your overall income level is. But generally Mm -hmm. speaking, 30% is a safe... um, percentage to sort of earmark for capital gains. Got it. So what if my capital gains on um, NFTs or crypto for the year is $15,000, something like that? Would I still be paying 30,000, 30, well, ballpark figure, 30% on that? Or how does that work? Yeah. So your, your amount of capital gain or loss for the year actually doesn't change the tax rate that's applied to your capital gains. Mm -hmm. So your overall income level is what would potentially change how much tax you owe on your capital gains. So it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter if I, if I'm a, if I'm a trader and I'm flipping NFTs and I Mm -hmm. have a hundred thousand dollars of capital gains this year, Mm -hmm. but my ordinary income level is very low. Like say, say I have a a job and I earn, you know, $35,000 a year. 
all have a, a very low, probably 10% ordinary income tax rate. And so that's what would be applied to my capital gains of $100,000. Okay. So um, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. No. So I was going to say, so let's say I'm, you know, 20 year old kid and I don't have a job. I only do NFTs are my job or crypto is my job. And yeah. this year I made, you know, 15,000 um, in capital gains um, trading crypto, but I don't have any other income. So how would yep. that, would that still apply to the same tax rate or how, how would that work? Yeah, actually, this is a scenario that um, I've chatted with a couple of people about because they either have income that's not taxable, for example, like Social Security, um, or maybe they're on unemployment, mm -hmm. and then they've traded cap they've traded NFTs or crypto and then have incurred capital gains. So they, what will happen in that instance if your ordinary income level is very low or your ordinary income is not taxable, then you'll fall into the lowest ordinary income tax bracket, which mm -hmm. typically is about 10% for federal. And then depending on what state you're in, you might be, you could be in a state potentially like Florida, where I am now that doesn't have state income tax. There are mm -hmm. nine states that don't. Um, and so if that's the case, then you'll have a 10%-ish tax rate applied to your capital gains that you've um, incurred throughout the year. So if, if you have $100,000 of capital gains, and your ordinary income amount is very low, so you're in the lowest tax bracket, then you'll have 10% tax applied on those short-term capital gains. So you'll owe about 10 grand in capital gains tax. Got it. Got it. That's it. If I had 100 grand, right, I would owe 10, 10 grand. Right, exactly. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yep. So if I had 10 grand, I would owe 1 grand. Exactly. Got yep. it. Makes, makes 100% sense to me right now. Um, okay, so, you know, the tax laws vary by country, but NFTs and the crypto and the metaverse is universal. <laughs> it's right. like you're, we're all one. We might need our own um, tax, you know, worldwide NFTs and crypto taxes <laughs> laws to govern um, us or not, not govern us at all. And we just don't pay taxes on it. <laughs> wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be wonderful? That I'm, would I'm be wonderful. <laughs> So let's say I'm buying NFT, I mean, not NFTs. Let's say I'm buying crypto on Coinbase, a company that's located in the United States, but I live somewhere like, um, maybe in Europe. Whose laws, whose tax laws do I follow? Do I follow the tax laws of United States where I'm buying the, where the company is based? Or do I follow the tax laws of my country? Yeah, this is a great, great point too. And I think for a lot of, NFT creators in particular who may have hired folks from overseas to help with development or anything like that. We've got mm -hmm. a lot of people falling into this sort of um, multi-jurisdiction tax scenario. So this is a really good point to, to talk on too. So ultimately, you will always, the tax laws of the country that you are a res tax resident in will always apply to you. So mm -hmm. for example, like that will be primarily your citizenship, and then a country that you also may have residency um, permissions in. So like I'm a U.S. citizen. I also have residency in New Zealand. And so I have two countries that I'm a tax resident of because mm -hmm. I have residency in New Zealand and I'm a citizen in the U.S. So you'll first follow 
tax laws for the countries that you are a tax resident of. So wherever you're a citizen and then where you may have other um, residency permits mm -hmm. or, or work permits that um, would obligate you to potentially owe tax in those countries. So that's sort of priority number one. And then priority number two that you look to is, have I transacted in any other countries in a way that may trigger me to owe or file taxes in that country, even if I'm not a tax resident there yet? And mm -hmm. so that would be the case of like this person in Europe transacting on an exchange based in the U.S., like Coinbase, for example. Mm -hmm. that, per that person would, of course, still file taxes in their home country in Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, but then they would also need to, to double check with a U.S.-based CPA to see if they've qualified to potentially owe tax in the U.S. as well because of those transactions. Yikes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just did like the squeeze face yikes because a lot of people are going to fall into that bracket because um, I know with crypto and NFTs, it's, you know, worldwide, it's people from all all places. So I can sure. see a lot of people um, falling into that category. Um, so, you know, let's talk gas fees and the fees associated with NFTs. Can those be, if I wanted to, you know, when you have a business um, and you file your taxes, you're going to have business expenses. Would gas fees be considered some sort of expenses that you can write off in your taxes? Absolutely. So if you are Within the context of a business, if you're an NFT creator or if you have any other uh, type of business and you're transacting in crypto and you incur gas fees, those are absolutely uh, ordinary and necessary business expense. And so you'll be able to deduct those in the same way that you would deduct any other ordinary business expense, which is great. Mm -hmm. Okay, so where would I deduct that? Would that be still in the capital gains form or that would go somewhere else? Um, no, actually. So if you are in the context of a business, say they, say you're a creator and you need to pay some gas fees in order to get your project live on OpenSea, mm -hmm. for example, those transaction fees will offset your income that you earn from the business. And so what you'll ultimately report on Schedule C, which is the form on your personal tax return where you report income and expenses related to a self-employed business you'll report those gas fees and other transaction fees that you've incurred on Schedule C, and that'll reduce your taxable income from the business, which is great. Um, probably also worth clarifying that if you're not in the context of a business, yeah. you're someone, you know, if you're someone that's just bought an NFT or you know, exchanged crypto, um, and you incur gas fees as an, as an individual without a business, then gas fees still do benefit you from a tax perspective, but it works slightly differently. So let's take the purchase of an NFT as a, an easy example to illustrate this. So if I buy one NFT for one ETH and I incur $100 in gas on that transaction, mm -hmm. the, the gas fee amount is added to the purchase price of the NFT to make my total cost basis slightly higher. And that helps me from a tax perspective because if I later sell the NFT down the road for a profit, the amount of gas, because it was added to my cost basis, will actually reduce the amount of capital gain that ultimately that I'll realize. And so it will reduce the amount of capital gains tax that I'll owe in the future. 
So it's not the same as a write-off from the context of a business, but it is still beneficial from a tax perspective as an individual when you incur gas fees. They just get added to your cost basis instead. Got it. That is <laughs> complex, but interesting. And under I'm understanding every single one of it. Just I think it's just a lot to digest. Um, I, my world is so much fun, isn't it? it I, I, I envy you. I'm <laughs> not. <laughs> you shouldn't. You shouldn't. I'm like, no, I don't actually. <laughs> I can imagine how stressed you will be like pre-tax um, during tax season because it's it is a lot. Especially with you know the way the space moves and how fast things move and how people don't keep right. I know I'm I'm guilty of not always keeping a very detailed record. I'm I'm good with keeping records, but not all the time, and I'm a little guilty of that too. Um, That's okay. I think taxes scare a lot of people, and so we don't always keep the best of records. We sort of push it off to the side until tax season eventually rolls. Around. I know, but but, um, but hopefully, like if we can. <laughs> We can give people a few takeaways, so hopefully they leave this conversation with a few ways that they can help make taxes a little bit less stressful. I think the more you understand about a topic that's complex like taxes, the you know the better you'll feel about it, and hopefully we can reduce some stress. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so there's a there's news floating around that in 2023, crypto exchanges will have to report all accounts. Um, what do you think this means for crypto and NFTs? Yeah, this is a really, really important point. Um, and so the the infrastructure bill, which I think is partly what you're referencing, uh -huh. um, and a lot of the KYC requirements that are floating around now, um, it's really driven by the IRS and other global tax authorities being concerned that cryptocurrency and NFTs is probably the highest risk area for them for underreporting or non-reporting of, of taxes, <laughs> taxable income. So uh, if the government identifies an area that's a high priority for them, then um, watch out, everyone, because... <laughs> <laughs> I know. Um, like, they and, want a piece of that pie. <laughs> exactly. And I think it's, you know, it makes perfect sense that um, that this would be an area where people would, would either naively just be confused and genuinely think that they don't need to report these transactions because of the decentralized nature of, you know, crypto and NFTs. But um, unfortunately, it doesn't, it, it does not um, relieve us of our obligation to pay tax on this income. So these KYC requirements that are coming forward will essentially give the IRS and other tax authorities enough information to know who has transacted in cryptocurrency above a certain threshold, I think it's going to be $5,000 perhaps, um, just giving the government a heads up, okay, this is someone who should be reporting activity from crypto and NFT-related transactions. And then if you submit a tax return that doesn't have crypto and NFT-related transactions on it, then it will give the government enough of an indication maybe to flag you for review or an audit to see if you've under-reported or neglected to report those transactions. So it's not, you know, like you said, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. It'll be a slow uh, evolution, evolution, but over the next couple of years, all governments globally are probably going to be thinking of ways that they can try to obtain enough information still abiding by quote-unquote privacy laws, you know, just to give them enough of a sense of who should be reporting crypto income and capital gains. 
Got it. Got it. So, um, you know, speaking of decentralization, there are a lot, a lot of anonymous people in NFTs, people who are not doxxed, um, people whose identities we do not know. How does this affect them? This is a great, great question. And honestly, I've had some people that I've worked with who have businesses and have hired developers, for example, who are not doxxed. Mm-hmm. And when it comes tax time, as a business, you're required to issue what's called a 1099 form mm-hmm. for tax purposes if you've hired someone as a subcontractor to do work for your business. But in order to issue that form, you need to collect some information about that individual that you've hired as a subcontractor, like mm-hmm. their tax ID number, their name, their address. And it's, and it's um, becoming a bit of an issue in some cases where businesses have hired you know a dozen people and they're having trouble getting the information that they need because people don't want to be doxxed. And so that's something that I'm really curious to see how the IRS responds and how they may handle complaints like this, because ultimately it's the responsibility of the business to mm-hmm. issue the ten, issue the 1099s and collect the information before you were to hire someone as a subcontractor. And so there will be a lot of people um, that I'm working with too. And will essentially, you just need to report that you were unable to collect this information and you made an effort to do so. Um, and then going forward, though, I would caution everyone, if you do happen to hear this before you uh, have the opportunity to hire someone, either as an employee or a subcontractor, um, it would be my recommendation to hire someone who's willing to be doxxed just so that your obligation as the business for tax reporting purposes, you're not compromising the integrity of your business by not being able to report and issue the necessary forms that you need to. So that's just something to be cautious of. But really great point, Tony, to bring up because I think this will be probably more and more common um, as we move into the space. Absolutely. Because I mean, I see it all the time where um, they're like, you know, especially with the rugs, um, the NFT rugs where somebody comes into the NFT, starts a project, could be a developer, starts a project, then takes the money and runs. So I always wonder, like, people like that, are they traceable or not? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, the tech side of things isn't my specialty, so I don't exactly know, you know, what would be traceable, you know, from an identity perspective. but. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, the, like we talked about earlier, the blockchain data is always going to be there. And so, you know, the record of those transactions and transfers are permanently on the blockchain for us. So that's one sort of benefit. But um, some people are probably savvy enough to remain fully undoxed and get away with a lot of these rug pulls, which is really unfortunate to see. It is. It is. It is. I, I mean, I, I never... I mean, before NFTs, I never knew it was like you could just do that because I know from my experience, in order to even um, purchase on a crypto exchange, you needed like some banking information or some right. sort of ID. So I'm like, how are they able to, you know, just get crypto in the first place without any ID, without anything? And I, I find that quite interesting. Um, so next question that I had for you is, um, I know there are so many different things in nfts and one of they're popular anyways <laughs> and one of yeah. them are like tokens you know airdropped tokens um right. like looks or ens or sos those type of tokens how would that work would those be taxable since they're like free you didn't purchase them they're just right. like airdropped into your wallet 
Right, right. Yeah, great point as well. So the IRS has not given us much formal guidance and regulation on all things crypto and Web3, but one thing they have been gracious enough to come out and clarify is that airdrops are taxable, but that's sort of all they've said. And so they haven't given us much concrete direction in terms of at what point in time are the airdrops taxable and instructions on how to potentially value a lot of these tokens or NFTs that are airdropped, which can be, you know, an area of uncertainty, especially with newer projects. So um, airdrops are taxable. The complex part becomes, though, is it taxable income to you from the point at which you're eligible to claim like an SOS token, for example, Mm -hmm. or does it become taxable income to you at the point that you claim the tokens and the tokens actually hit your wallet, you know, because the valuation of SOS, if you recall, was different on the date that it launched, of course, and then later dates when people were claiming at various points in time. So that, you know, will obviously have a a different impact on your taxable income that you're reporting um, would be the, the value of the token. So that's something that we're hoping to see a little bit more clarification from the IRS from, uh, you know, we'll see. I, the regulations have been coming out sort of in piecemeal. Um, so maybe a while before we get more clarification. On that. Almost, almost feels as if they just said, you know what? We don't know what this thing is. We don't, we don't, we're not sure. We're just going to tell you, you have to pay taxes on it just in case. <laughs> so, you know, right. so we, then you we're going to go you, figure it out. <laughs> you guys, you guys figure out how much tax, but like, we'll just tell you, you do have to pay taxes. <laughs> exactly. Like it's money. So you're paying tax. We don't care. We'll figure the rest out later. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. But yeah, at least, you're right. At least in the U.S., like the, the IRS, if you've been compensated or received anything of value, the IRS is going to want their cut of it, oh, essentially. It's, 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 uh, I have no words for that. <laughs> um, so here's a running joke in NFT speaking, because you said in the U.S., Here's a running joke um, in NFTs, and I'm curious to know um, if, you know, it is true and if there are any others like it. People always say, I'm running to Portugal. <laughs> so Absolutely. Apparently, Portugal is a crypto tax haven. Um, so uh, is that true? And if, and if you're, if, what if you're a U.S. citizen and you move to Portugal? Would you still need to pay mm. taxes to the U.S.? Great question, Tony. You have no idea how important that distinction is. So I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> so on the first part of your question, is Portugal a tax haven for crypto? The answer is definitely yes. So mm-hmm. Portugal, the government of Portugal has actually come out and stated that as part of their efforts to increase immigration to Portugal, mm-hmm. to increase their population, they've, uh, they've released very flexible and favorable tax policies on crypto. So they have no capital gains tax on crypto and NFT-related transactions, which is huge. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, it is. But to your second point, if you're a U.S. citizen and you move to Portugal, that actually doesn't relieve you of your obligation to pay capital gains tax, for example, in the U.S. because you're still a citizen. So you would have to... (laughs) Yeah. So you would have to renounce your U.S. citizenship and then move to Portugal before you would not owe tax in the States anymore. And so mm-hmm. that's one, one thing that's a bit frustrating. So the best option for a lot of folks here in the States is to potentially move to Puerto Rico or move to a state that does not have state 
income tax for businesses. Um, there are a couple of options, but ultimately, if you're still a U.S. citizen or a green card holder, then you still owe tax in America, no matter where you have residency or where you live uh, anywhere else in the world. Gosh, now I have to unpack my bags. <laughs> girl, girl, I was with you. I was with you. I was on the plane. I was Shoot, I had to unpack, cancel my ticket. Because <laughs> I was out. I, was I like, know. Bye. I know it. I know I it. Know. Wow. Okay. America, like, America's like, we're going to get you wherever you are. <laughs> they do. They do. So, America is one of the few countries that taxes its citizens on their global income. That is crazy. That is absolutely crazy. Ugh. Um, so, you know, another question I have is what if I trade, let's say I'm an artist, right? And, um, I have NFTs for sale and I trade it for another NFT. Um, is there a, a tax event going on there or I'm good? Yeah, that's a great point. Probably that's one of the scenarios that has just sort of emerged with some of my clients that they've asked about. Um, mm -hmm. You know, if they've created an NFT and then rather rather than just sell the NFT for crypto, can mm -hmm. they trade it with another artist, you know, for one of their NFTs? And so if that happens, you're still receiving something of value for something that you've created. And so what you would owe tax on in that instance is the USD equivalent value of the NFT that you're receiving in exchange for the NFT that you created. And so that, that's the, that's subjective, right? In, in some cases, mm -hmm. if it's a, if it's a project that, you know, has a well-established floor price and historical sales activity, then maybe it'd be more difficult to argue the valuation. But if it's, you know, if you're trading with another one of one artist and there's not a lot of um, market data that you can use to, to argue the valuation, then it's really just up to you and the person that you're trading with to mm -hmm. agree on the valuation with the, best available information that you have. Yeah. Um, and then the USD equivalent value would be what you would include in your taxable income for your business. Cause you still technically sold your NFT for something of value. So what if, would I, would I minus the cost of my NFT from that though? Like what if my NFT is, um, 0.1 ETH and there is this 0.1 ETH and it's the exact same value and we trade, would that make us even or how would that work? Yeah. So if you, um, if you create an NFT and you list it for sale at 0.1 ETH, so you're, mm -hmm. you're determining that that's the value of your NFT. And the other artist also has an, an NFT that's for sale for 0.1 and you trade, mm -hmm. you would still, you would still recognize 0.1 ETH in income from the sale of your NFT because you received you didn't receive 0.1 ETH, but you received something that's worth 0.1 ETH. So you would still record the USD equivalent value of 0.1 ETH as your income for the business. Got it. So let's say, for instance, um, I purchased 10 NFTs, right? And I run the NFT talk show and I do giveaways and I give out these NFTs. Is that considered a business expense or a loss or um do i still need to pay taxes on the nfts that i purchased yes girl you are hitting on one of the best tax saving strategies for Yay. business owners way to go <laughs> way to go yes so if you if you do giveaways mm -hmm. or any type of like promotional activity like that 
mm-hmm. that's cons- that can be considered a deduction uh, promotional expense for your business, which is great for you because the uh, if you were in operating a business outside of the Web3 context, marketing mm-hmm. prom- promotional expenses are, of course, ordinary and necessary and deductible. So in the Web3 context, uh, the same rules apply. So if you are giving away an NFT as a promotion to help grow your business and market your business, that's mm-hmm. absolutely a tax deductible expense. So if Beautiful. you buy buy a board eight for a hundred ETH and then you give it away to help promote your business, then that hundred ETH purchase price is going to be a tax deduction for you for your business. Beautiful. So everybody you listening to that, NFTs for everyone. Yes, yes. Give them, do those giveaways, girl. I know. And NFT for you, NFT for you, NFT for you. <laughs> and you get an NFT. And you get, you an, get NFT. an NFT. <laughs> um, so here's another question that I, I've actually asked myself this a million and one times. You know, sometimes we purchase NFTs to join a community, to market yes. ourselves. We're joining the community because we want to join the community to be doing marketing, right? This is how you get seen sometimes in the NFT community. Let's say I own a world of women or something, um, or I purchase a world of women. It gives me access to their network of people that own the same token. Can that be considered marketing expense? Yes, it can. Another amazing use case for buying an NFT in the context of your business, because okay. absolutely it would be the same as, you know, joining a, uh, paying a membership fee to join like a professional networking you know, mm-hmm. society or something. So this is a great, really easy um, way to tie in a, a business deduction. If you buy an NFT in the context of a business that can absolutely be used as a, a marketing or networking um, expense for your business. Okay. The only, other point to note that's important from an accounting perspective, if you mm-hmm. buy an NFT as a business, because an NFT is an intangible asset mm-hmm. on your business's balance sheet, so your financial statements for your business, you'll want to list everything that your business holds that has value. And Got so it. your, your uh, NFT that you purchase, say you just for simplicity, a world of women, and say the floor price is 10 ETH for simplicity, you've got something that's valued at 10 ETH on your business's balance sheet now. So it's important mm-hmm. to remember remember to report that. And there's accounting that you'll need to do for intangible assets, which is called amortization. And so you'll need to amortize your intangible asset over a period of 15 years, which is not very complex, but like it's semi-complex. Accounting, and so if you do want to buy an NFT in the context of a business, just make sure you have like a 10 15 minute conversation with a CPA so they can instruct you on how to record that on your business's financial statements and your books. Um, okay, but yeah, that's a really really great option. I've been encouraging a lot of people if they have a business and they do intend on um, you know using their NFT. For promotional purposes, then absolutely buy that NFT. Um, one second. Um, can you hear me, Kate? Yes. I can. I I didn't hear that last statement. Um, it was like a lot of wind. Sorry. Is this better now? Yeah, this is better now. Okay, great. Um, yes, I've been encouraging anyone who has the business mm-hmm. to buy to buy NFTs in within the context of their business or have their business buy NFTs, especially if it's a community that you plan on engaging in for business uh-huh. purposes, like you mentioned, 
or if they plan on using the NFT for promotional purposes. It's a great, um, it's a great way to get tax deductions and it'll certainly benefit your business um, to be involved in those communities and then using for promotional and marketing purposes as well. Got it. Okay. Awesome. Um, Because I think a lot of us would, especially artists in the NFT community, I think a lot of us fall into that category of people that, you know, join communities to promote our art because we want other people to see our art and we buy these NFTs so we can network. Um, I think a, a lot of artists do fall into that um that category so there's a there's a question i kind of wanted to circle back to again still based on the value of an nft and um the value of eth when you purchased it or soul or whatever other um cryptocurrency you're using so it's not limited to eth and we've been saying eth but this applies to all the crypto tez solana um binance or whatever it is exactly Um, so let's say I purchase um, an NFT at 0.1, right? Um, and it drops to 0.0001. Yep. <laughs> Is that considered a loss or do I just still have to pay capital gains tax on that ETH that I spent on the NFT? Yeah, great, great question. So when you initially purchase the NFT, the mm-hmm. capital gain or loss that you potentially could incur on the purchase still stands. Okay. Uh, but, but then if you hold the NFT and say you originally purchased it for 0.1 ETH and then the value drops to essentially zero, it, it becomes worthless basically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there are some instances where you may be able to write off the loss as a capital loss without having to actually sell the NFT. Mm-hmm. If you're in the if you're in the context of a business, that's the case. So you can write off the sale, uh, or I'm sorry, write off the value as worthless and okay. recognize the capital loss. Uh, the best way to do it, though, is to actually sell the NFT for the equivalent of you know one US dollar, for example. Got it. Um, and, and there are services available that allow you to do that. They'll um, essentially buy any NFT from you. And they'll send you 0.0000001 ETH or another type of cryptocurrency <laughs> uh, to complete the sale. And then that's the way that you can absolutely ensure that you'll be able to recognize the loss in value. So um, harvest.art and upcycled okay. NFTs are a couple of resources that will buy your worthless NFTs from you. And that's the cleanest way to ensure that you'll definitely get the, um, the capital loss for tax purposes. Well, what was the name of the second one? I, I didn't get that. Um, so the first one was harvest.art. Okay. And then the, and the second one is upcycled NFTs. Oh, okay, upcycled. Okay, I think I've heard of it. I've heard of um, upcycled. Um, so what if I decide to burn the token, like the NFT? Does Would that work or is it just better to sell it to um, maybe harvest or upcycle? Yeah, that's a great question too. And I've been getting a lot of inquiries on. So burning because we don't have any confirmation from the IRS that burning will be a transaction that realizes a capital loss we don't mm-hmm. have that confirmation yet for sure um it's hard to say whether or not that will stand as being a transaction that will be recognizable for mm-hmm. the loss so the safest and cleanest way to do it is to find a third party buyer and actually complete the sale um, it may it may come out, you know, in, in the future that, you know, sending to a burner wallet will be a, a way that you can 
essentially dispose of the token or NFT and realize the capital loss. But until we get confirmation from the IRS on that one, it's a more risky approach um, okay. for, for tax loss harvesting. So um, I've been recommending for people, as long as the services exist, like um, Harvest and Upcycled, you might as well use them because that is a guaranteed way for tax purposes that you'll be able to realize the loss. Got it. Got it. So there's this thing with projects. Well, not all projects. Some projects do this where um, they have a community wallet and then they pay um, holders a percentage of secondary sales. Right. Um, I'm not sure what that would be considered, but if I own an NFT and I am maybe staking my NFT or just Mm -hmm. holding, well, if you're holding, you're kind of technically not staking, but, um, not selling. (laughs) And they say, as long as you hold this NFT, either by holding or staking it, you're going to get a percentage of maybe secondary sales, or you're going to get a certain percentage every month. Um, is that a taxable event? (laughs) (laughs) It is, it is. And so that's a form of royalty income. Uh, which is taxable income and it's taxed at your ordinary income tax rate. So um, you'll want to essentially just get a total in U.S. dollar equivalent value of any royalties that you've um, received throughout the year. Mm -hmm. And then that'll be added to your total for ordinary income uh, for the tax year and it'll be taxed at your ordinary income tax rates. So it's pretty simple from a tax perspective. Um, but you will just want to make note anytime that you receive royalty income, uh, you'll need to know what the USD equivalent value is if you're receiving those royalties in crypto, which is most likely the case. So I, I always look at them like they work like dividends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's a pretty good um, example or like interest income too. It's kind of like all of that uh, type of passive income is mm-hmm. tax is tax at ordinary income tax rates. So sim- very, very similar tax treatment. Yep. Okay, so ordinary um, passive income is taxed at ordinary tax rates, and yes. you would is there? There's no form for that. It's just reporting it as regular income. You do um, you do report interest income, royalty income, dividend income, all on their own separate section of your personal income tax return. Uh, yes. But ultimately, it's taxed at the same rates as ordinary income. Got it. Um, what about play to earn gaming? Yeah, that's a fun one. I think we'll see a lot more of that emerging. Um, oh yeah, as utility for NFTs and just as a as a space, you know, in general. Um, yeah. So the the compensation or like value that you receive from play to earn gaming is mm-hmm. taxable income as well. The tricky part with play to earn gaming can be whether or not the tokens or any type of like reward. Um, mechanism potentially isn't very liquid at the time that you're earning. So Mm -hmm. that can be where the tax treatment gets a little bit, um, becomes a little bit of a gray area, right? So if I'm playing a play to earn game and I earn Kate token, just for simplicity, and I'm like, (laughs) but my, my Kate token is locked up in the game and I'm not actually able to you know, swap that Kate token for US dollars or mm-hmm. swap that Kate token for ETH, then in an instance like that, I would argue that you don't actually have dominion and control, which is the 
fancy tax word for like possession of yeah. the of the tokens. Yeah. So it's only when you ha- can exercise dominion and control that you will owe tax. And so that's kind of where it, it, it does become a case by case scenario with mm-hmm. something like play, play to earn gaming or staking, because a lot of the times you'll be earning reward tokens, but you can't actually do anything with them yet. So we'd have to watch for the point in time where you can actually exercise dominion and control and use those tokens to swap for ETH or swap to fiat or use them for a purchase of some kind. So it is going to be taxable income. Just a question of at what point can you actually recognize the income? Wow. Okay. (laughs) But in the interim, just enjoy playing your game. (laughs) Play away. (laughs) Yeah. And be prepared. So here's one. I know there are some people listening that have zero clue about tax terms and you just mentioned something just now, illiquid. Could you just clarify the difference between illiquid and liquid, um, I guess, assets? Sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So liquidity um, is a term that you'll hear a lot for different types of investments. And so basically, when we classify something as a liquid investment or a liquid asset, it means that you can convert it to fiat currency in a relatively quickly, relatively quick uh, amount of time. Mm-hmm. And so something, for example, like a savings bond, if we're thinking like IRL terms, um, could be liquid if it's a short-term bond and it's um, something that you only lock up for about a year. Mm-hmm. Some, something like real estate, for example, is a very illiquid asset because it takes a long time if you needed to convert that asset into fiat, you've got to find a buyer, it takes a long time to complete a sale, it would probably be a matter of months before you're able to actually get back to fiat. Um, and so liquidity in, in the crypto sense is, is talking about the same thing. So if you're generating reward tokens from staking, for example, or play turn gaming, mm-hmm. but, but the system is set up in a way that, you know, you need to wait 30 days maybe before you can release the tokens and then actually convert them to US dollars. That would still be considered a fairly liquid asset, but liquidity okay. just just references the distance between US dollars and that asset class essentially. Ah. So if it's some yeah. Got it. Okay, that that makes sense. Okay. Cuz you know, I I mean I know, you know, when I say, "Oh, I need liquidity, so I'm going to sell my cool pet." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but actually, in NF, that's a really great point because in NFTs, you can't really say that NFTs as a whole are a liquid or illiquid asset class because it really depends on the project. You know, mm-hmm. like a world of women could be viewed as a very liquid asset. For example, if I post my world of women for sale at slightly below floor, it'll probably sell within an hour, mm-hmm. right? But maybe another project that I own. I could post for sale near the floor price, but it might sit for sale for 90 days before I, you know, actually yes. sell it. So it really does depend on the project sometimes. I, I have a few of those. <laughs> right, right, right. We all do, I think. <laughs> and some people go, I'm just going to hide it in my wallet. <laughs> like, I'm not hiding anything. <laughs> oh, we all have that hidden folder. We all have that hidden folder. <laughs> I was like, I will be out here proudly displaying <laughs> my bad decisions. <laughs> without a doubt, without a doubt. I know. Um, yeah. So one, you've been absolutely amazing, Kay. But I have um, 
one more question for you. I don't want to keep you. I could keep oh, you here please. for 10 hours, literally, because I am enjoying the wealth of information you are sharing. And we absolutely need to have you back on the show because I know there are going to be more questions when people listen to this. They're going to go, oh, but you didn't ask this. Oh, but you didn't ask that. True, true. <laughs> oh, no, I'm happy to come back anytime. And honestly, would love to chat too just about, you know, being women in Web3 and being entrepreneurs. And, you know, yes. taxes is certainly a huge portion, you know, and I'm really glad we can share that information. So if there's another tax session we should do more than happy to come back on that. I, I would, I would, yeah. I would absolutely love that. So, um, my, I guess my last question is, let's say to make your life easier as a CPA, yeah. um, what tools can I, as a creator or as a trader of NFTs use to keep up with my NFTs besides, um, let's say Etherscan or maybe having an Excel spreadsheet. Are there any tools out there that you would recommend to keep up with my NFTs? You're, you're my new favorite person for, for asking <laughs> this question. <laughs> um, yeah, there are, there are a couple fairly simple ways actually that you can not only benefit your accountant, but benefit yourself too. Um, mm -hmm. and, and just help you make better decisions related to your NFTs and crypto. So, the first thing uh, is to keep a list of every exchange and wallet that you've used to transact. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if you, you know, like the other day, I explored SushiSwap for the first time. Mm -hmm. So I added, I added that exchange to my list of exchanges that I've um, used for crypto and NFTs. And then later for tax season, that'll help me when I go to gather all my information. So that's one important step. The second thing you can do is on a monthly basis, mm -hmm. you can keep an eye on your data. And so there are a number of services that are tracking software, essentially, that allow you to have a read-only uh, view of your wallet data. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to compromise your security. Um, the, soft, the tracking software only takes a read-only view of your data. Interesting. But it, but it essentially allows you to track at a high level, month to month, what your capital gains position is. And so yeah. Crypto Tax Calculator is one that I really like. Uh, and they have a great integration for NFT transactions as well. And they have a free, um, a free version that you can use. So it doesn't mm -hmm. cost you anything. And you can use that uh, software to start tracking your transactions. And then if you do say on a monthly basis, take an hour and look through your data and make sure, see if it looks accurate. It'll give you a sense for what your pending tax liability from a capital gains perspective might look like. Mm -hmm. um, the more solid of an understanding that you have about your own data is the best thing you can do to help your accountant help you for tax purposes. Yes. So, <laughs> You know, like if we're sitting down now in January or February and we're looking mm -hmm. at your 2021 data, if you can't remember half the stuff you did in January and February 2021 or May 2021, for example, mm -hmm. it's really difficult. Yeah, it's really difficult for me to help you maximize your, your tax deductions and ways that we can sort of help, with, help you with tax planning if you don't remember what you did or what's going on. So if you can like on a monthly basis going forward, if mm -hmm. everyone can use tracking software, keep an eye on their data, make some notes, you know, take an hour a month, 
look at the data, maybe make some notes. You know, this month I started staking on this protocol. This month yeah. I, I made a couple big sales. This month I, I got this SOS airdrop. You know, just a, a couple little notations go a long way a year from now when you're trying to look back and remember for tax purposes. So um, that would be the probably the number one takeaway. It would help you so much and it also helps your accountant. So <laughs> really happy to share those tips. Absolutely amazing. Thank you so, so much, Kate. So I am, you know, the I'm sure the one question everybody's waiting for is how can we find you? <laughs> That's it. I want you to um, do my taxes. I don't want to be bothered with this. Where can we find you? How can we reach you? Um, I'm sure everybody's like, yeah, I'm just sure. going to let Kate do it. <laughs> oh, it would be my, it would be my pleasure to help. Honestly, it'd be my pleasure. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter. My mm -hmm. Twitter handle is at KP Waltman, um, or KateCPA.eth, uh, on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And then my website is taxeswithkate.com. And on my website, you can find out the couple of different ways that we might be able to help you with your taxes, um, from doing your full tax return to doing your tax calculations for capital gains or helping with your business uh, taxes. So the website will tell you a couple of different ways that we might be able to plug in and help. And you can certainly contact me on Twitter uh, or my email is available on the website as well. Awesome. And I will be sure to put your um, website and your details in the show notes. So if you're listening, just look down into the show notes and you will see her details so you can reach out to Kate to save you from going to jail. <laughs> Nobody, nobody's going to jail. On my I'm watch. kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, we're not go nobody's going. Nobody's going. We're not going to jail. I mean, because we're all learning and we're going to get it. We're going to get it right. And we have people like Kate to guide us um, to make sure we get it right. And you heard That's that. Right. Keep a detailed account of the things you're doing. Even if it's an hour a month, an hour a month is not a lot. We spend more um, of those times just listening to people gossip in spaces. So <laughs> an hour a month is not too bad to, I need to take my own advice, by the way, <laughs> to, um, sit there and kind of keep a detailed blog or just open. I, sometimes I try to open an Excel spreadsheet and leave it open, um, because I know I'll get distracted and a million things will happen afterwards. Um, but yeah, so that is it for this episode. Thank you so much, Kate. Um, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, if there's anything else you want to share with our listeners, um, I would really love that. Oh, my pleasure, Tony. It's so great to be here and chat. And I would love to come back again if there's interest. And um, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, if someone listening has a tax question that we didn't answer today, feel free to send me a DM on Twitter um, or catch me in the Twitter space and uh, we'll make sure you get your question answered. And uh, thank you so much again. I'm really, I'm really pleased with how the chat went. I think you got a lot of great information out there. So thank you so much for bringing me on. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate you. Thank you. Um, all right. So that is it for today's episode. I hope you Got a lot from that. I know I did. I am 1 billion percent smarter after listening to Kate today. And I am 1 billion and 1% more confident. And my mind is 1 billion and 1% more at ease now, knowing that I know what to do next. Um, so that's it for the show. And as you know, I will catch you on the blockchain. Bye.